0: And welcome back to
1: the Wait, I'm Adopted podcast, the podcast where we cover many topics surrounding adoption and foster care. This week, we continue our conversation with Molly. I think it must have been hard to be the biological kid who kind of everyone ex- expected you to be like, fine. Like, I think right, sometimes, yeah. like, uh, well, you know, at least Molly's fine. Like, we got to focus on this. Like, you know, for me, I think sometimes I definitely feel bad about, you know, for me, I had anger management for a long time. And that took away from my brother's growing up experience in his childhood because my parents had to expend so much energy. Dealing with me is, I don't want to say that, that's kind of harsh, but, you know, they had to spend so much energy with me so that I could work through it. And I mm-hmm. think um, sometimes, did you ever feel like that? Like, you were like, okay, well, at least we can kind of, I mean, I think your parents did a good job of, like, like you said, making sure every kid had their time. But did you Mm -hmm. ever feel like sometimes it was like, hey, I'm here,
0: like, I'm around? I'm sure there were moments where I did. Mm -hmm. Nothing specific pops out in my memory. But one thing I was thinking about is how, for me, I grew up in a situation where I never questioned that, A, I was going to be Like, it wasn't permanent. Like, I always knew that I was going to be in that situation. I was always going to be, like, in a household with a roof over my head head, with parents that love me. Mm -hmm. And B, that I was, like, accepted and loved. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, it made it easier for me to have a relationship with my parents. Mm -hmm. Like, because I accepted love and I gave love freely. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't have any previous things that would um, hinder that. And I think that with some of my other siblings, that was a hard thing for them to come to terms with. And that relationship was harder. And I think that because of that, um, my parents, like partially, I think maybe that was why some of my siblings read that as favoritism. Mm -hmm. But I also think that, yeah, there were times when I maybe like didn't get affirmation that I thought that I deserved, Mm -hmm. but nothing to the point where it's like, now I'm still dealing with it. Like yeah. it was just like, you know, nobody's perfect. My parents yes. weren't perfect people, yeah. but they did an amazing job as far as I'm concerned.
1: And I think, yeah, like I think for me, you know, when I was younger, I did have a lot of like anger towards my parents. And now that I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, they were amazing parents. and I shouldn't <laughs> have been like, I, you know, I, as an adult and you know, if you're an adoptee hearing this and you had a really tough Relationship with your parents growing up, and that you, you know, you as an adult are kind of like, wow, you know, I kind of regret that. I encourage you to take that step to apologize. I know it can feel weird. I know it can feel because there are a lot of times faults on both sides. Right. Right. Um. But I would encourage you. You know, if you're an adoptee listening to this, you know, I, I, kind of took that step and apologized to my mom recently. Again, like, you know, we've had conversations where I've apologized, but I kind of just was like, I have nothing else to say other than I'm sorry for some, like, some of the ways that I treated you growing up and how that took away from you and how that was hard for you. And it was a really great conversation I had with her, you know, um, because I think the reason I struggled so much to give and receive love was that I felt that if I gave somebody my love, it gave them an opportunity to reject it. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I think one, a lot of adoptees have trouble with. And two, I specifically had a lot, a lot of issues surrounding like rejection was the worst thing. Like, and I think, I mean, obviously rejection hurts everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But as an analogy, rejection was like the end of the world. I just totally would lose it. Mm -hmm. I, I just, and I, you know, I would find rejection in all these places, you know, like, and now that I'm an adult, you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, my parents were probably like, Liz, we're trying so hard. Like, why can't you just understand that we love you? Because, like, you know, it's like little things. Like, parents are busy. And if I, like, had something I wanted to tell them and they were like, can you just wait one second? I'd be and they rejected me. I'm not going to tell you anymore. I'm not going to tell anybody. Ha <laughs> And, you know, if you're an ad- adoptive parent listening to this and your child maybe does that, um, maybe think about that and talk with them about how you can better say, Hey, can I have a minute um, right. in it? Cause like for me, you know, my parents and I came up with like, not code phrases, but like ways that I knew what they meant, meant deeper than that. You know, like, cause just hearing, can you wait a minute? Like I'm really busy. I heard rejection. Right. So it's how do we come up with a phrase like that we've talked about behind it that, you know, you know, my parents were like, we aren't rejecting you. Like we are really busy. You know, like I'm on the phone with the insurance company. Yeah, I can't, you can't like, explain answer your, your meaning at that point, but um, yeah. And so, you know, it's about talking with your kids about some of those phrases to help your kids give and receive love. And I think that adoptees do a lot of times struggle to um, give love because they are afraid of that rejection. And I think foster kids also struggle with that. Unfortunately, a lot of foster kids have had the experience of bouncing from foster home to foster home. And that can be really hard. Obviously... You know, you open yourself up to these families and then you go to a new family and then you wonder, you wonder and wonder and wonder, was it me? Was it me? Was it Mm -hmm. something I said? Was it something that I did? If I had been better, if I had been better, um, I think something harmful that I told myself a lot growing up was if I had been a better kid, I wouldn't have had to been adopted. And it was my child brain not being able to reconcile what the situation I really came from was. Um, And I think, you know, that is hard, but I think, you know, you know, my siblings, were all really great and I'm sure there were times that I detracted like from when they should have gotten affirmation like you said and it's not that your parents didn't later give you affirmation or whatever it was um it was just like I was having a hard time like I had a really hard time growing up on my brother's birthday like it was really hard for me for Nathan to be the center of attention. But then on the same token, on the same coin on my birthday, it was really hard for me to be the center of attention. Like I would really struggle when everyone would sing happy birthday to me or like all this stuff. Like I was like, this weirds me out. I don't like this. Um, and so it is really hard. I think for sometimes foster kids and adoptees to receive and give love. Um, and it's about, you know, doing it in a healthy way mm-hmm. and kind of, Going off of that, um, I know that your family went to family therapy, um, and I did as well. And I think one thing that I would say, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more here, is first of all, it's totally okay to go to therapy. And I think one thing, talking with my parents, one thing that they wish that they had maybe heard earlier in my adoption was that Liz should see a psychiatrist or a therapist and that's totally okay like you don't have to wait for her to have issues right to go to therapy like it would be great for her to go right away to have a professional someone who's trained in this that knows all the site you know the behind the scenes and all the different connections that child chul, child children's brains make um and how that might help them so I know you know did you guys start going to therapy right away or was it later I I can't remember the exact timeline for yeah. you guys.
0: So I absolutely agree with you. I think, like, one of my favorite uh, ways to put it is that you sometimes go to the doctor and get a physical. That doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have anything wrong with you. It's just, like, a checkup. Yeah. And, like, there's absolutely no reason why it shouldn't be the same for mental health. Exactly. Yeah, um, I totally agree. My family did not go to family therapy right away. Okay. So, like, unfortunately, it was because some issues had come up mm-hmm. where it was to the point where my parents decided – we're going to try this because yeah. we had some of my individual siblings had gone to therapy mm-hmm. before and it was good for them. Yeah. Um, that helped them. And at this point they decided, well, hey, we're, uh, we're a family ultimately. Mm-hmm. And let's see how this works. Mm-hmm. And I think that that dynamic of having somebody, well, one of a family member is in the room, having somebody like say something like try to express or like try to, explain feelings that one person might be feeling to another person is a powerful thing. Like instead of just like somebody telling you, Hey, have you ever thought this person might feel this? It's like, they're saying this and this person is right here and you're looking at them. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: totally agree. I thought that just came to my mind is, you know, a a therapist or a psychiatrist can so often be an advocate for your child when they are unable to express themselves. Um, And I think that like kids as a kid, I had a really hard time expressing how I felt to my parents. And if I had, and when I started to go to therapy later in life, that person was able to take all of my bundle of mess of emotions and kind of explain it to my parents in a way that they understood. Whereas when I tried to explain it to them, it was just like, I don't know what's going on. This is I just have a lot of feelings. And, you know, my parents, my dad is an engineer. My mom does have an early childhood education degree, um, but was a stay-at-home mom for most of, well, for all of my life. Um, and you know, neither one of them was a psychiatrist or had a strong background in therapy or anything like this. And so, you know, I I think it's unfair of us to expect parents to just be able to discern that stuff by themselves with no sort of formal training. Um, that's why there's degrees. That's why there's people that say that. And right. What you said about mental health is so important. Like it doesn't have to be, Oh, I'm having a major issue right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think therapy can be so beneficial because it can help an adult explain to the adults, the parents, um, what is going on? You know. So if you're a prospective adoptive parent, if you are a current adoptive parent, I would so encourage you to make therapy or uh, like a psychiatrist available to your child. And I know that it can be expensive, and you know, um, with insurance and stuff like that. And you know, I think my family personally had to like uh, shop around. Sounds like a weird word. Uh, <laughs> find a yeah. therapist that like worked with our insurance and stuff like that, and it was a longer process. And also. Um I don't know if you had this experience but I went to multiple different therapists because it was it took a little bit for me to find one that I really gelled with. Uh you know a couple of my first therapists I did not gel with. I think it's important like I said to find your child an advocate mm-hmm. and the first therapist I went to just tried to like justify everything my parents were doing to me and I already Internally knew that my parents loved me and that they were trying to do what was best for me But I needed to be able to express how things made me feel And they didn't allow me to do that. They were like, well, you shouldn't feel that way and we I've said this before on the podcast, but you know As a person you have the right to feel however you want to feel but you don't have the right to act however You want to act right? Like I felt anger a lot because that was the only emotion I could feel and that is okay right? That's what my, my last, the therapist that I really gelled with helped me understand was that is totally okay that you feel that way. Totally not okay to scream at people. Like you can't Liz, like I remember him being like, Liz, you can't scream at people. And I was kind of like, oh, you're right. I shouldn't (laughs) scream at people. That is mean. Like, okay, I get it now. Um, but my first therapist, it it made me more frustrated. Mm -hmm. So I think also if you're a parent, don't be discouraged if the first therapist you go to doesn't really work out, that's okay. Uh, therapists specialize in different things. Um, and they might, you know, a a certain therapist might help in your case, you had a bunch of adopted kids in your family might help one kid, but another kid might need a different one. That's totally okay as well. You know, don't feel like a failure of a parent. And that's a big thing. Don't feel like a failure of a parent. If your child has to go to therapy, I like you're like, especially with adoption when there's this big trauma, Therapy is good Mm -hmm. and it helps and you're not a failure of a parent. Don't take it like that. Um, It's just that your child needs some extra help expressing themselves in learning coping mechanisms, um, like healthy ones. Because I, you know, I was 18 months and then all of a sudden everything that I knew got just turned on its head from the language that I heard every day. Like imagine, you know, we have those nightmares where you, you you can't talk to anybody. And it's a nightmare because nobody understands you. That was a reality for me at 18 months as I went from hearing Thai to hearing English. Right. And that's a huge trauma. And I obviously, you know, I subconsciously had that trauma. I don't necessarily remember that. But, you know, therapy uh, is good and healthy. But, you know, so would you guys go? So in my case, I went alone a lot. And then, like, once a month, my parents would come. And then, like, once over two months, my brother would come. This was before my little sisters and then um we would kind of like have some family therapy so how did how did yours work did you guys always go as a
0: family did kids go individually so like you said different siblings had um gone to therapy at different points for different things and they were different therapists Mm -hmm. um when we did go for family therapy it was a more frequent like meeting time so we met Mm -hmm. every week with the whole family and there were times when um the therapist would be like, hey, so I just um, really need to talk to the parents right now. And so yeah. the rest of us would, like, because she did home visits. Um, okay. We would, like, like, go outside and play or whatever. Um, so there were times when, like, different groups were sort of targeted. Because That's when right. you have a bigger family, especially, like, there's different, like, relationships. Like, there's sort yeah. of, like, little. It's hard to have a whole
1: forum, like, you know. Yeah, like whole... yeah.
0: And, like, there's what? dynamics between individuals just as much as there's dynamics between the group. Exactly. So um, one thing that, like, I think was really helpful to our family and, like, for the most part was the community surrounding my parents when mm-hmm. they fostered and adopted. There were quite a few resources available to them, so, like, yeah. definitely check that out. I know that, um, like you said, therapy is expensive. Mm-hmm. And with you ha- when you have, like, a lot of different therapists and a lot of different family members that might have different needs. Mm -hmm. It's always good to just like try to take advantage of the resources that are available to you as much as that's possible.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great point as well. Um, You know, with the internet now, I think it's a lot easier to find resources than it was, you know, 20 plus years ago when I was, when I was first adopted. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, my mom always talks about my parents were in the air force when I was adopted. She talks about how the first base they lived at when I was, first brought to the u.s there was this huge um i was adopted through an organization called holt international um and there was like this whole group of people on that base who had adopted through holt international and they had it wasn't like a weird like group of like we're all you know it was like we have picnics and we just offer support and Mm -hmm. the people that had you know had kids that were older and kind of gone through the process really mentored you know those younger people that were like just adopting and were kind of like We're just trying to keep our heads slightly above water. We are totally overwhelmed, which is okay. Like, it's totally okay to be overwhelmed and to need resources and to need help and to need a a life buoy. Um, And, you know, I think nowadays it is a lot easier to find those communities, and I totally encourage you to find them um, and find people that can support you, find people that can give you, Good, solid advice. You know, we're here for you on our podcast. You know, if you ever want to talk to us, um, you know, we are totally open to doing video chats and, and just talking with you or just, uh, you know, texting back and forth with you um, because it is so important to find the resources. And I think for me growing up, uh, and we talked with Megan earlier, but for me having other adopted people was so important. And for me, your older brother, Vincent was a big part of my journey of adoption and my journey to acceptance. You know, Vincent and I remember... We would sit in a car and we would just talk about our lives and our adoption stories. And Vincent and I have very different adoption stories. Mm -hmm. Um, We have very different how we got here to the same small towns in upstate New York. Uh, It's crazy. Sort of amazing, yeah. It is. And, you know, we would talk about how we felt and what was going on. And we were such good sounding boards for each other. And so again, I also think another piece of advice is it's so important as an adoptive parent to try to find other adoptees for your kids to talk to, not in a weird way. Like you don't have to force them to be friends with other adoptees um, and stuff like that. But there are so many groups out there, you know, Megan talked about her um, South Korean group that she went to that, you know, she got to learn more about their culture and stuff like that. So I think that is really cool. Um, But you know, I think that was a, another important thing that you brought up is there's different dynamics between you and your siblings, like you and each individual sibling. Yeah. Um, like I knew your family and, you know, you had six adopted kids, but I definitely had the strongest bond with Vincent, mostly because he was like the same age as me. Um, but I, you know, I remember having different conversations with all of your siblings about how they felt about their adoptions and all that kind of stuff. And right, those dynamics are so different based on when they were adopted, their ages, uh, even gender can play a role into that, right? Yeah, um, and so also that's a good point about family therapy. Is like for me, mostly when we went, and it was my siblings, it was me, and my brother, because I my little sisters were so much younger than me; they're eight and ten years younger than me. There wasn't a whole lot of like tension. I I do remember, I guess when I when my my sister that's right younger than me was born, I guess I went to my mom and I said, we had cousins who lived in a town close to us, and I said, well, mommy, now that bonnie is around are my cousins uh still gonna love me and my mom realized what i was really asking was are you still gonna love me even though bonnie is here now and you know of course my mom reassured me and i, I don't remember that of course as a kid or as an adult you remember a lot of the more like painful things you don't remember all the nice things yeah. that, <laughs> that your parents told you you know you remember, unfortunately like, you that's grounded me and i missed this thing and you're in your and then my mom's like well do you remember what you did to get grounded like you deserved <laughs> it um so, you know, I think you are going to have, like, different relationships with different – even if you just adopt one kid, not six kids. If you adopt one kid, your kid's going to have a different dynamic. Your biological kids are going to have a different dynamic with that adopted kid. Every single one's going to be different. And certain ones might require, you know, more individual, uh, like, sessions where it's like, hey, let's really talk about why you are feeling so much tension between you and this person. It is really interesting, too, like, just family dynamics. Um, yeah. Because I think my brother and I fought because we were close in age, not just because he was an adopted and I was adopted. And then it was funny because, you know, Bonnie and Susie, uh, we used to, they were great kids. They're like model children. Um, (laughs) I like hope someday my kids are like half as good as they are. They like were just great kids. But we found out like recently uh, that they used to go in their room and just push each other over. (laughs) Until one of them cried. And then, uh, usually it would be Susie, who's younger, and then Bonnie would just hold her head really tightly and say, shh, don't cry, don't cry. And we never There's always something under the sun. We never knew that. Like, until recently they told us.
0: I definitely did something very similar with uh, my little brother. Like,
1: as soon as the bedroom door closes, it's like fist fighting, pushing each other around, throwing toys at each other. But if someone cries you lose. That's that's yeah. that's a no-no. <laughs> then you've lost the game. Like um so I, I do think it's really interesting like a lot of times when I was younger I projected my adoption onto any everything. So if I was feeling something, I would project my adoption onto it. And I think it's important to realize that um and it's important for parents to help your kids separate their adoption trauma from other normal things, right? Like I think that every child has issues with their siblings at some point. You know, you live with them. They're annoying. They just get on your nerves sometimes. Right, And it's important to help your kids separate the two. Right? Like, um... Right? Like, my brother never really teased me about adoption. He knew that it was off-limits. I think once he teased me about it. And we had a whole conversation. And, you know, he was young. He was, like, six. And I was, like, four. And he just... He used it, like you would use any other insult though. You know, like you're like, well, you have a big nose. And he was like, I, I don't even remember, you know, he, he said something and I, but he said he brought my adoption into it. And we immediately talked about it as a family mm-hmm. and how that wasn't something that he should tease me about how that was, that wasn't something that was wrong with me. But also I think it's funny because Nathan didn't mean to hurt my feelings. Like he just used it. Cause he was like,
0: you young. Like, you don't know you where the limits are. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was that he saw it like anything else. Like, he saw it like, he saw it like, you know, I my brother had larger ears, or has larger ears, and I would tease him about that. And he, like, saw it as an equivalent, which I think. Like a fact, yeah. Yeah, like, and I, you know, as an adult, I kind of appreciate that. Actually, I'm like, yeah, Nathan didn't care at all that I was adopted. Like, it was, he didn't see it as off-limits because he didn't really see it as that big of a deal. Like, yeah, that's a He good was point. like, whatever, like, you're adopted. And, like, and I remember, I. I think I, I came back with some retort that was like, well, at least mom and dad chose me, you know, <laughs> and it was like a little sassy. Like, they just had you. And then Nathan got upset. My parents were like, oh, my gosh, we cannot win. This is horrible. You guys are being little brats. Um, but I think, you know, that goes back to, you know, kids are more accepting than you think they are. And, you know, but it's important, I think, to help your kids separate, like, what might be adoption trauma from what is normal, you know, part of growing up yeah normal like i'm 13 and i am angsty and i hate everybody you know (laughs) and what is hey you know we might need to address this on a deeper level with therapy or with other with getting you in contact with other people that might be able to speak into your life a little bit more you know somebody that might be adopted an older adoptee um, yeah who can kind of say hey you know what i was there i felt that i you know i've talked with some people who are like my adoptive child has such bad anger management and i'm like yep i was right there and like i talk with them and we talk and i'm not gonna fix their anger management right like i'm not gonna be some miracle cure that like oh all of a sudden they aren't angry anymore but i can help them and say things like you know i really felt that and that those are valid feelings and talk about how we separate our actions from our feelings Mm um but i think that is you know i think it is important for both you know, in both of our situations, we kind of went to therapy when a problem arose. And I would definitely encourage families to explore that option before. Yeah, even ahead arises. of the curve. Yeah. Um, because I think there is a lot to unpack with adoption and foster care. Um, and I guess, you know, my last, you know, kind of a summary question would be, um, like, What is one thing that, if you could tell foster families, not I mean, it doesn't have to be like one sentence. Like, if you kind of summarize your experience with foster care and what you might say to somebody to encourage them in a similar situation, you know, what would that look like? I think, you know, for me with adoption, um, I always tell people it's not going to be an easy journey, but there are beautiful sides to it and um but it's a journey i think that's what i tell people like because i think it can be very daunting like i think Mm -hmm. you know when i was 16 and i was in the throes of being so angry about everything i would have told you that adoption was horrible and i hated it and now as an adult i've been able to reconcile a lot of it and i think that you know i tell people that it's a journey and that you know there are going to be hard parts there are going to be messy parts but it is worth it and it is, it can be beautiful, right? We obviously know that there are situations where people are adopted into bad situations or fostered in bad situations. So kind of out, those are kind of, let's use those as outliers from that statement. Um, you know, and we, you know, if you are in a situation like that and you need help, please reach out to our podcast and we'll do anything we can. But I guess from your perspective, what is something that you would tell prospective pers- foster families or current foster families
0: about fostering? So, I'm actually gonna borrow from something my dad said. Mm-hmm. And like I I wanna like reaffirm what you just said. If you asked any of my siblings or my parents, I think the last word they would use to describe um the experience we had fostering and a and adopting is easy. It wasn't something that came easily. But my dad told me when he was thinking about like what he would say to someone who was thinking about it themselves, is that one, you need to go into it with your eyes wide open about the realities of what could happen and um, what this child has experienced. Mm-hmm. But in that same sentence, you cannot lose your compassion. Mm-hmm. You can't think that because of all of these things that, like, because of your shortcomings and the trauma that this child might have dealt with, that it's just not going to, you, you won't be able to do it. Yeah. You need to be like realistic, but you also need to remember that this is a child who deserves love. And I think that like I think back to what I said earlier about how I never questioned that I would be that I would be without a house, without a family, mm-hmm. without love. Mm-hmm. There are other kids out there that do question that. Yeah. Absolutely, and it breaks my heart. So, I think that that compassion part of it is just as important as being um
1: aware yeah well yeah molly we uh just want to thank you so much for coming on this has been an awesome conversation definitely uh i've definitely learned a lot about um a little more about your story and your family story and i've definitely learned a lot more about uh foster care Yeah,
0: absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, if you guys are struggling, uh, like Molly said, we believe that every child deserves love. And that adoptees and foster children should feel loved. We also realize that not every child feels that way. And we want to say that we here at the Wait, I'm Adopted podcast love each and every one of you. And if you feel like you're in a situation where you're not feeling loved, please reach out to us. If you are feeling lost and alone or anything really you just want to talk to somebody we are here for you um and if you're somebody that has a question for molly um you know we definitely plan to have her back on the podcast and would love to answer some of your questions about foster care from her perspective as a biological child um but you know stay tuned for all the exciting things we have more interviews coming your way more great episodes on adoption and foster care. You can follow us uh, on Facebook or Instagram at Waitum Adopted Podcast or send us an email at Waitum Adopted Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but this is us signing off for this week. We will talk to you next week.
0: See you guys all next week.